Over the past few weeks, I've really been thinking about how amazing it is to be part of our church family. And I know for some of you, it has been a crazy week. I know last Sunday was a very different day for many, many of us. And I know two Sundays ago, I didn't think, and I don't know if anyone else really thought that our community would go through what we've gone through. But we are so thankful to God for his protection upon our community. And in this time, as I was reflecting, we've seen our community stretched, our church family stretched, and just seen people with kind, loving hearts, open and wanting to help and love in different ways. The way that we come together to look after each other. And we're gonna talk a bit about that this morning as we head into the third part of our Stretched series where we have been looking at the ways that God stretches us. And he stretches us in all different ways. Some of you may be feeling stretched financially or emotionally, spiritually, physically, socially. Different circumstances pop up in our lives, in our days, in our weeks, where we just feel like God has just stretched us that bit more. But it is when we are stretched that we grow. It's when we are stretched that we recognize our weakness and have to rely on a strength that is bigger than our own, on the strength that is more than we can really grasp, the strength of our Lord God Almighty. It is when we are stretched that God shows us what He can do. So in this series, we've looked at how sometimes, or often, we are stretched as we wait patiently for the fruition of what God is calling us to do. Sometimes we are stretched as we witness or how we look to how we can be witnesses. At the end of this series, next Sunday, we're going to conclude this series, but we're also going to be taking up our self-denial offering that we've been talking about over the past few weeks. And this is an offering where we commit to denying ourselves up to one day's wage and sacrificially give that towards the work of Wesleyan World Missions. This goes to them, and while it's a stretch for us, it's a way that God is able to stretch his kingdom. It goes to helping those being a witness in places we might not end up going, or maybe we will. But this morning, we're going to be looking at a place a little closer to home. We're going to be continuing on in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, and looking at how we can be stretched where we are. God does call us to go everywhere. He calls us to go into all the world. But going into all the world starts right here, right now with you, where you are right now. 
And as we look at where Jesus told the disciples to go, we find that it started in Jerusalem, where they were right then. So in in verse 8, Acts chapter 1, we read, this is Jesus, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So when we look at this map, this is a map, a map from back when Jesus was talking about where they were right then. We see the disciples were told to wait in Jerusalem for the promised gift of the Holy Spirit. They were told that they would be witnesses for Jesus in Jerusalem, in Judea, the places where the disciples were right then and there. This was where they waited. This was where they initially received the Holy Spirit and started their preaching. And from there, they went up to Samaria and out to Samaria and then to the ends of the earth. It was from this point where they were that it all started. You might have a heart to see God change the world. Our world is in desperate need of his salvation but it starts where we are right now. It starts with you, it starts with us. What God, where God is leading us and what God is leading us to do right now. And so we are to start in our Jerusalem and Judea, which is the culture and the people that we know. So for them in Acts, they were in this place that they had known. For us, it could be the people that you work with, the family and friends around you, the people that you meet with in our community, your neighbours, the people that around us in, in central Queensland, in the Livingston Shire. And in this past week, we've seen how lovely this community of people really are. And I was thinking, how much more wonderful would, would our community be if everyone in Nippon was filled with a love for Christ. So God is stretching us out to go, to go out into our community filled with the Holy Spirit to witness for him. And what does that look like? For the first church in Acts, we can, we can learn a lot from them. For them, it meant preaching the truth, the gospel, and looking after each other as followers of Christ. The call was to go and be witnesses for Jesus Christ everywhere, which did include where they were. In Acts chapter two, it talks about this. After they received the Holy Spirit, in Acts chapter two, verse 42, it says, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple 
each day. They met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. All the while, praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day, the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. As they stayed there in Jerusalem, the Lord added to their numbers. They lived in such a way that no one went without because everybody looked after each other. And this church in Acts is such an example for us today, how we are to be as his church, as, Je- as the church of Jesus, and how we are to love as he loves us. They did this in many different ways, and we're going to recognize this in the six points that we've been looking at over the past two weeks. And so they might be familiar to you, but they did this by encouraging each other. How amazing is it to be part of the family of God, to have this local church family here, right here where we are now, I know I've thought about it many times before, but I'm so thankful that I know that if I have a need, I have so many different people that I can turn to because you are my family and I care about you and I know that you care about me. And so no matter what happens, each of us have somewhere to go because we are part of the family of God. Seeing the love and generosity of our church family over this week has reminded me of that, has reminded me of the importance of being that family of God, being there for each other, caring for each other, the way that God designed us to. So in Acts, the church met together daily for worship, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Throughout Acts, we see the apostles and some others start to preach in the community, but in in the confidence that they had received from God and in the power that they received from the Holy Spirit. The community of believers were being taught the truth. They nurtured their faith and relationships, which then grew and they became mature in their faith which we can see that as they met daily, they grew, they shared the Lord's Supper, they shared in meals with great joy and generosity. And they built the kingdom of God. They lived in such a way that God added to their numbers. God could add to them in such an amazing numerical way because they were ready and prepared to disciple these believers and to train them in the truth to be fully committed followers of Christ. So the early church is a beautiful picture, an example for our church today. And while there are always areas that all churches can improve, I know that this is how we are to be as the church. So the church was stretched as they grew and as they witnessed to the people around them directly where they were, where they were now or where they were then. And so if that's what it looks like for them, for us now it looks a little bit different. See, things have changed for for church since they met in Acts. 
So I've kind of jumped around with the PowerPoint a bit. You'll have to, sorry, got those notes twice. But for starters, the church in Acts didn't have cars like we do today. And so they didn't necessarily have to drive to church. They didn't have to, well, they didn't have tablets like this. Maybe they had different kinds of tablets, but they didn't have tablets like this to take notes on or to read the Bible from. They didn't have phones like we do to communicate with each other in different ways. And and so the church then was different to now. But in that church, we can see how amazing they loved each other and how they were able to grow. Even though it's different, the principles are the same. So the people where we are now, again, are the people that are around us. They're here with us this morning, our church family, even our families. The people that we see in the shopping center or at the beach, down the road. As a church, God is calling us to stretch out our arms and witness to those around us where we are. And so we can do that by following this example. And so jumping back to this note, we can encourage each other where we are now. As the Acts Church lived and supported and encouraged each other. And we can do that too. So 1 Thessalonians 5.11 calls us to encourage each other. Encourage each other and build each other up just as you are already doing. And we're told in other places, and the writer of Hebrews tells us to encourage each other as well. In chapter 10, verses 24 to 25, it says, Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. When we encourage our family of believers where we are now, it has kind of that ripple effect onto the other areas of our lives. We're called to encourage each other and build each other up. And that can be something as simple as just saying, it's so good to see you today, or going and checking on how somebody's doing during the week, or when you notice that somebody is growing in their faith. Let them know. Let them know that you've been encouraged by the ways that maybe they've been praying for you or, or you've seen a change in their hearts. You've seen a change in the way that they serve or they give or even just the way that they live. Let's encourage each other and build each other up as we are called to do and as many of you are already doing. And let us not stop meeting together. It's always encouraging to meet together on Sundays as we share, but also during the week in the different small groups that we have. Meeting together is a way that we're able to encourage each other as we speak and share about the different things going on in our lives. But it's where we build those relationships, where we build our family and know the people that that are part of this family, and that we can turn to in different times when we're in need. So the church in Acts did this. They encouraged each other. 
and where to encourage each other as well, where we are now. The next thing is teach, teaching. Teach those where we are now or teaching where we are now. In Acts, they devoted themselves to this teaching. They were there whenever the apostles were teaching. They were there. They wanted to learn and to be taught the truth. They would be being filled with the truth. And so we need to be taught. And we have the duty to make sure that each of us are being taught, but then also that we're aware of how we are teaching others around us. Matthew 28, 19 to 20 says, therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So this verse tells us that we are to teach new disciples, and really we're to teach all disciples to obey the commands that we have been given, each of us as disciples of Christ and followers of him need to be taught. A disciple is a learner. So listening to the truth, listening to good teaching that is based on the word of truth, this will put us in the best place to grow and to learn. But each of us while not all of us are called to be teachers, each of us are teaching others in different ways. And we might not realize that, but we are. There's people around us who watch and learn as they look and observe. These can be people in our families, but also within our church family. And I'm just so aware of the children in our church family. And as they've head out to Sunday school this morning, I know that these children are looking to each one of us to see how we live. These children are so precious and they are soaking up the things that we say to them, the way that we treat them, the way that we treat each other. I'm sure that we can even think of different people in our lives when we were children who either taught us good things or taught us bad things. These things would have impacted our lives even from when we were so little because we were just observing what was going on. Different people in our lives may have encouraged us when we were so young to step out and do something that we've been able to do, maybe even doing today. Their impact on our lives was massive, but your impact, our impact on these lives are massive as well. And as the family around these children, it's so important for us because we have an important job to do. Not only our physical children, but as we grow in our walk with God, the, the spiritual children or infants as we've looked at in the past, to teach them the truth, to teach them the way that they should go. A well-known verse, Proverbs 22, 6, says direct your children onto the right path and when they're older, they will not leave. Some other versions say train up a child. And we've got that job to do. The next thing that, that they did 
was nurturing. And this kind of ties in with teaching children and growing our relationship with God. And I know that last week, Pastor Ron talked about how the things that we nurture will naturally grow. Because as we nurture that whatever it is, it will be put in the right environment, it will be given the right things to then grow. If we want to grow and mature in our walk with the Lord, then we need to nurture that relationship with Him. And as we are stretched, this is one of our mo the most important areas for us to nurture, our relationship with God, because it is out of that relationship that everything else will flow from. As we nurture that relationship with God, we will grow and mature into the followers of Christ that he's called us to be, and we will be able to stretch out further. Other places we need to grow and are called to grow and nurture are, are our gifts and abilities, the skills. And we talked about this a few weeks ago at youth group as we looked at our skills and we talked about, the, asked them if it's important to develop your skills or do we, are they just things that we don't have to worry about? And through discussion with them, they said that it's important for us to make sure that we grow these skills because if we don't, they'll just be where, where we left them off. For example, if we learned to play the piano when we were five and we learned twinkle, twinkle, little star, and we didn't learn anything else, we wouldn't have grown that skill over our lives. And even 20, 30 years later, all we would know, maybe, is that same song that we learned. It's the same for the different skills that we have. If we're not nurturing those skills, then they're not going to be able to grow. If we're not nurturing our relationship with God, it's not going to be able to grow. And if we're not nurturing even our relationships with others, we're not going to be able to grow with them as well. God has given us different gifts to use. And we need to nourish them so that we can be using them the way that he's called us to use them. 1 Peter 4.10 says that God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. In Romans 12, 6, in his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. Can I encourage you to use those different things that he's given you to do? And if you're not sure about what that is, please do talk to someone and find out. Some of you are really good at working with children or working with food, working with people. Each of us have a different gift and we're called to use them well and serve each other. And when we neglect to nurture and use those skills, then we just leave them. The wider body around us misses out as well. So nurturing, growing, and maturing is all part of building our faith. So we can't stretch out further. We can't be stretched until 
we put those different things in place because God stretches us as we build our faith, as we nurture, as we grow, as we mature. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, it says, it's not important who does the planting or the watering. What is important is that God makes the seed grow. The one who plants and the one who waters work together with the same purpose, and both will be rewarded for their hard work. For we are both God's workers, and you are God's field. You are God's building. Each of us have had different people in our lives who have invested in us, who have been part of that nurturing, but it is God who makes it grow, and we are his building. We are to build where we are now as his building, as his people, as his church, to build the church his church, where we are now, building things and putting things in place for not just now, but the future. And I know locally within our church, we're looking at building more buildings and out here looking at having this ministry shed, which will be so exciting and enable us to stretch out further. But in order for us to build further. We need to build our faith. So going through encouraging and teaching and nurturing, growing and maturing so that we're building up our faith and continuing to be stretched. But the thing is, it doesn't just stop there. That's all kind of the internal things that we need to be doing, things that build us up so that we can go out because it's not just about us building up our own relationships with God. It's about going out and stretching out to others. So in order for us to build further, we need to also be building relationships with others in our community where we're able to be that witness. See, Acts 1.8 doesn't just say to stay in Jerusalem and Judea and to grow in your relationship with God. And while that's important, it says that you will be my witnesses, that we will be his witnesses. So as we encourage, as we teach, as we nurture and grow and mature to build our faith, we'll also need to be building the kingdom. And we build these different relationships with those in our community the same way that we build each other up, the same way that we build up our faith. But as I was looking over this, I realized that it can kind of work in reverse as well. So hold on, I don't want to get confusing, but let's just follow and follow along. So our connections with the people in the community, our connections outside of those who are here, we're called to nurture those friendships. For when we nurture those friendships and when we see those friendships grow, we're able to then teach them about Jesus and encourage them to take that step of faith to know Jesus for themselves. To build the kingdom, we need to live in such a way that our unbelieving friends, 
our neighbours, the people that we just meet and interact with, see that difference in us. But not only do they see that difference in us, we nurture that relationship in such a way that we're able to grow that friendship, that they know that we are a good friend to them, but then that we're able to take that friendship and encourage them and teach them about Jesus to see them be part of his family as well. Matthew 5, 16 says, in the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that all, that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. See, from our friendships with other people, they will start to see the good deeds that we do. And from then, they have the opportunity to praise our heavenly Father. 2 Timothy 25 to 26 says, Gently instruct those who oppose the truth. Perhaps God will change people's hearts and they will learn the truth. Then they will come to their senses and escape from the devil's trap. For they have been held captive by him to do whatever he wants. We are called to go and tell these friends, tell these people, gently instruct those who oppose the truth. And so while they might not know Jesus, we have the opportunity to share him with them, to encourage them to take that step of faith. So being witnesses for Jesus in Jerusalem and Judea, where we are now, might seem like something that is intimidating, but it's really not too hard for us to do. Many of you are actually already doing it right now where you are, maybe without even realizing it. But maybe it's time that we get intentional, that we intentionally build our faith where we are now by encouraging each other, by meeting together regularly making sure that we're listening and being taught, but that we're aware of the ways that we teach others, that we nurture our relationship with God and those in the church so that we can build the kingdom of God by intentionally building those friendships, those relationships that we have with other people around us, our coworkers, our neighbors, people in the community who don't yet know the Lord to grow those friendships so that we can teach them about the amazing grace Christ offers so that we can encourage them to know him. But we can't go out and build where we are now if we're not being filled and equipped, if we're not nurturing our relationship with him. We can't go out and build those kinds of friendships until we've been encouraged, until we encourage until we've been taught and are able to teach. And it's the same way that we can't pour out from an empty cup. So how will you witness where you are now? This morning, you might need filling up. You might need that encouragement. You might wanna be that witness for Christ in our community but you're feeling like you need to be filled. Can I encourage you that you are in the right place this morning because we want to encourage you because you are loved, you are precious, 
to us, but most of all to God. And he is the one who can fill you up afresh today. Maybe you have some friends or neighbors that don't know the Lord yet. Can I challenge you to commit to praying for them? You're not alone in this. We're not alone in this. Because each one of us, I know, have people around us that don't know the Lord yet. Continue to pray for them. Gently instruct those people as that verse says, perhaps God will change those people's hearts and they will learn the truth and they will come to know him. Maybe this morning you want to grow in your relationship with Christ. Ask him. He calls us to ask him for help and he will teach you. He will show you how to nurture your relationship with him. Start just spending time with him and he will do the rest. He will make you grow. But how will you witness where you are now this week? We're going to sing a song in a moment and it's called Oceans. And I'll invite the team back up. But this song says, and is us saying, God, I'm willing for you to take me out onto the waters where you're calling me. I don't know where that is or what that looks like, but I'm going to trust in you. And so as we step out into our community this week, as he stretches us in our community this week, will we trust him? Will we be willing to step out and, and go where he's calling us to go? witness to maybe our neighbours, to the person that serves us when we're getting our groceries, to the people who might annoy you at work. How will we witness to them where we are now this week? Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I thank you so much that you love us so much, that you love every single person so much, that you have a plan and a purpose for every single person. And that includes this community of Yipun that we live in. Lord, you've done amazing things over this week. You've brought people to meet each other because of the ways that you worked through the fire, through the fires. Lord, we pray for those new relationships, those different people that we've been able to interact with. May we be aware of the witness that we are to them. May we be courageous and step out and be your witnesses in our community where we are now. May we not be afraid to speak, to gently share and oppose those who don't believe the truth. Lord, we ask that you would turn their hearts towards you, that they would recognize how wonderful you are, that they would recognize that you are true, that you are truth and that you are love. And so as we go out into this week, Father, we ask that you would fill us with your Holy Spirit, that we would discern the places you're calling us, the people that you're calling us to go to, and that we would not be afraid because you are right there with us. 
Help us, Father, to nurture our relationship with you, to grow with you. Not out of the duty because we feel like we have to, but because we want to, because we love you, because we want to be where you are. So we pray that for our church family this morning. We thank you for your amazing grace upon us, your love for us. And thank you that you go with us now. In Jesus' name we pray these things, amen.